What's up, guys? Week one may be over, but the season's just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off week two, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they place $1 bet on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week two game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot and millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Here's what you do. You download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Season coming back from 14 nothing down. What a win! The show by the fans for the fans, covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to another episode of the DC Crossover, episode number 78. Yes, we've done 77 of these. 77, and then there's some specials mixed in as well. If you checked out our NFC East uh, preseason special uh, the other day, that was a lot of fun. Got to talk to a couple guys, Paul Dottino, Matt Lupe. Um, never got a, a Cowboys person, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Still have no response from him after that whole entire debacle. At the time. <laughs> right, right. But you know what? It's it's all right. It just it makes sense because it's Cowboys and Washington football team. Uh, but right. yeah, we appreciate you joining the show. Uh, maybe you caught us live on the Contender app yesterday, where we will be streaming our live post game shows after almost every single one p.m. start for the Washington football team. Um, it was, it was a lot of fun to kind of get on the air right after the game, give our raw reactions, um, our, our raw thoughts and, and opinions and things like that. Um, so that was a lot of fun for those who joined us. By the way, yep. download the Contender app if you want to join us for the rest of the season. Download the Contender app. It's Contender with a K. And uh, listen to the show because our podcast airs on that app as well. That is Mike Cerrone. I am Ben Simpson. And you can... Reach out to the show via Twitter at the DC Crossover and at Cerrone16. 
Mike. Hey, don't d- d- don't under undercard your uh, baseball episode of last week. It was a very baseball heavy. I I did the little solo show. It was fine. I mean, Mike and I have been doing this a long time now at this point, and he and I have both experienced um, broadcasting live sports by yourself before. I think my very <laughs> first sports broadcast was a football game by myself. So not only was I trying to figure out how all the equipment worked and making sure the game right. was actually going on the air at the time, but I was also doing it by myself, which in high school football, once you've done it a few times, you kind of learn the ropes, but at the time... You know, you're looking at the stat sheet with the numbers and the names, and you're looking out in the field, and you're by yourself. We've we've done some solo stuff uh, over the years, and so yeah. I, I was able to churn out a nice little 40 minute uh, episode where I, I just talked about what I like the best, Mike, and that is Major yeah. League Baseball. So I listened to, I listened to every single minute of it too because really? I had a four I had a four hour delay oh, right. in, my, in the airport, and that was the first ever delay I've ever had in an airport, which I was so salty about. Oh um, man! And uh, when I got back from Austin, obviously, and literally. I was I was like so salty because it was like one storm that basically just did a domino effect right. of every single flight coming out of that airport, and it wasn't like it was a tornado. It wasn't like a tsunami was coming in from Japan or something like that all the way across the coast. It just made no sense because literally I was delayed for like one tiny little storm cell that lasted twenty minutes. Oh, that's brutal. And, was, and the worst part about it was my plane. I followed my plane, the exact plane that I was getting on, and it was coming from Houston. Which is literally like two and a half hours or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because you were in Austin, uh, away so yeah, from Austin. Well, not far at all. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, just drive the plane down the yeah, road. Really, like, like, come on, get it, get it here. <laughs> well, I'm glad you oh, listened. I, you I, were one of the few that did. <laughs> on, on yeah, the, I, I did listen. I did listen. Uh, that was fun. I mean, look, we talked DC sports, obviously, but with the Washington Nationals being as bad as they are uh, this season, yep. I was like, you know what? Let's talk a little uh awards races let's talk a little division races by the way those races have continued to heat up in major league baseball i mean uh if if you aren't the biggest baseball fan i would encourage you to maybe start dipping your toe in in major league baseball over the next couple weeks because you have some wild card races in the al that are getting really really exciting in the nl as well besides the dodgers um up like 12 games from in their wild card spot. You've got that second spot in the wild card that's getting really, really close with the Padres and yep. the Reds. And I mean, this weekend was Mets, Yankees, the Subway Series, the 9 11 commemoration. Yesterday in the game, benches cleared. You had some talking <laughs> between Javi Baez and Giancarlo Stanton and, uh, you know, Lindor in the mix. So things are getting interesting in the baseball world, except for in the district, Mike, because the Nets yeah. still suck. <laughs> Yeah, let's be honest here. I mean, 59 and 84, that, that's just – I mean, it's not going to cut it. But uh, real quick, before yeah. we get into the rewind here, uh, and Austin, have you ever ridden the, <laughs> the scooters that are called the Birds? I, I've ridden – not specifically the Birds. I've ridden one of those scooters before, not in Austin, but actually in D.C. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. have. They're kind of scary. I'm not going to lie. The, I, I, yeah, seriously. I mean, so I've never ridden a bird or a lime or a link. Yeah, or there's like a billion. Whatever of them. the other ones. Yeah. There's a million of them. So uh, I have the bird app. I don't have the lime. The lime ones are really grimy and they're literally. I mean, they're so gross because they're like so like beaten right, up. Right, like right. Like it's like it's like it's like an old razor scooter from 2007. Sure, sure. I mean, it's literally it's it's crazy. So we rode these birds and we were like, hey, let's 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 rent one. Let's let's do this because. You know, it was four of us. We were going to Uber everywhere, but we ended up birding. We call it, I mean, it was, we were the part of the bird. Yeah, you're flying. Uh, yeah, we were fl- we were flying in a, a flying V. 
uh, we ended up going on these birds the entire weekend, and we got day passes, which were 15 bucks or 24 not hours. Bad. Not bad. Oh, it was unbelievable. Now, my, my girlfriend is really upset that I was birding. Not really upset, but she doesn't like the birds because she had a, had a traumatic experience Ooh. one time on one of these birds. <laughs> and I think it involved a pothole or a manhole oh, we got to have her something. on sometime and tell the story of the birds. Uh, yeah. I don't know if she wants to get the PTSD right, from that right, again. Right. Uh, but it was so funny because I told her and she, she like shook her head uh, because I was like, man, I, we're we're just in the bird gang right now. Like we're just we're. I mean, so they're much fun. a little they're a little scary. I will say they are. They are. Like you I, go trust pretty me, fast. I, I I couldn't they, really. They fi- go almost twenty miles an exactly, hour. Exactly, and I couldn't really figure out how to control it at first. And you're not wearing a helmet because you're going out to the bars and stuff. You're not. Where are you going right. to keep your helmet? So it's. I will right. say it can be a little nerve wracking. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to tell you a little bit more of the trip uh, off air, but at the same time, that's where we uh, got to every single place we we went is to getting on the sure. birds because we had a whole entire I mean the, the whole entire pre show banter. I'll have to go through that another day because there was a lot that happened, <laughs> like a lot of controversy and stuff like that happened right when we got there with our Airbnb, and then we had to change places. Oh, I definitely got to hear some story. of that. I got to hear some of that. Yeah, it It'll be, it, we'll have to do it uh, off air or, or on another right. episode because there's so much to talk about here on this one. But yeah. I'm glad you're back. Um, Bird game. You know, especially right. doing the show solo uh, was not as entertaining as I would have liked. So definitely always good to have a partner in crime for this one. Um, as we head into the rewind, we haven't done one of these in a while, but because there hasn't been other teams playing, uh, right. but now we'll get into it. The Washington Nationals first up, 59-84, as Mike mentioned, fifth in the NL East. Uh, this team, the past couple series, went 1-2 and two versus the Braves. Kind of, uh, this is what this team's going to be the rest of the year. They're going to win a game here and there. They're going to lose most of them. First game, 8-5 loss. Ozzie Albies hits a two-run bomb off Ryan Harper. Uh, the start of this controversy is Will Smith, who has some history with Juan Soto. There was the whole thing where Juan Soto was, while Will Smith was warming up, um, you know, Juan Soto was kind of like standing near the plate and uh, kind of getting pace of the pitches and stuff like that. And Will Smith told him right. to get the F out of here and stuff. And Juan Soto, there, there's been controversy there. So Soto gets plunked in game one. Game two, the Nats end up plunking Freddie Freeman. Uh, there was this viral moments of Freeman talking with Davey Martinez and Soto and all this sort of stuff, yeah. like in a good way. Because Freddie Freeman, most likable guy in Major League Baseball, is yeah, not good on guy. the Washington Nationals. Second game, 4-2 win. Soto hits a go-ahead bomb. Uh, third game of the series, 7-6 loss in 10 innings. Nats give up two homers uh, in the eighth. Can't <laughs> can't do that. Um, and then Mike uh, in Pittsburgh, 1-2. First game lost 4-3. Josh Bell homers in his return to Pittsburgh. Second game lost 10-7. Pittsburgh scores three in the fifth, four in the sixth, and one in the seventh. This is like a, a MLB, the show. Mike is playing <laughs> middle of the season. He's drinking. He's playing. He's not really paying attention. He's throwing meatballs right down the middle. That's what happened True. in this one. And then the third game, the Nats win 6-2. Patrick, <laughs> I'm making myself laugh. Patrick Corbin tosses seven <laughs> innings. Uh, two earned runs. Where was this uh, all season long? And then, Mike, the Washington football team played as well this weekend. <laughs> the damn Pirates. Like, what? what is going on know. here? Um, 
So the Washington football team, unfortunately 0-1. They lost Ryan Fitzpatrick to the IR, which we will get to here in a moment. Taylor Heineke comes in, 11 for 15, 122 yards and a touchdown. Antonio Gibson, 20 carries, 90 yards, three catches for 18 yards, but he had two crucial fumbles, one of which led to a Chargers touchdown. Terry McLaurin was a ghost in the first half, four catches and 62 yards overall. Logan Thomas, three catches and 30 yards with one touchdown from Taylor Heineke. Cam Sims had a one really nice catch for 17 yards. And my man DeAndre yes, Carter, sir. three kick returns, 65 yards, as long as it's 31, two punt returns for 22 yards. And Hopkins goes three for four. We'll have to talk, touch about him here in a minute. His 48-yard uh, kick was the longest. He missed a 51-yarder. And then looking on the other side to the Bolts, Herbert, Justin Herbert, 31 for 47 for 337 yards, one touchdown, one interception, only allowed two sacks for himself, but he had a very nice game overall, just throwing darts left and right to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, who combined for 17 catches and 182 yards. Fantasy owners were pretty Crazy. happy. <laughs> Unreal. With Jared Cook also coming in, five catches for 56 yards as well. Austin Eckler, kind of a mediocre day, 15 carries, 57 yards and a touchdown. But the main thing we will get into here soon is Ryan Fitzpatrick is now officially on the IR, out possibly six to eight weeks, maybe even more with a hip sub plux. Yeah, there's your, uh, there's your trivia <laughs> word there. Yeah, let's get right into it. The Washington football team. So we talked a lot yesterday, um, our immediate reactions on the post-game show. Um, but at the time, we just knew Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to be hurt, likely. We didn't know. Yep. We know for we knew at the time for sure he l probably wasn't going to be playing on Thursday. Um, and But we didn't know much more than that, and now we do. And now we know that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be out for, what, yeah, six, eight, ten weeks. Who knows? Um, the bottom line is he will not be a Washington football team quarterback here anytime soon, which is sad because yep. – there was excitement around Fitzmagic being here. Obviously, it's not like this is the guy that for the future or any stuff like that, but it was like, hey, he's played for all these different teams. Every single fan base loves this guy when he comes and plays for your team and he balls out. He's got the big beard. He's got yep. the degree from Harvard. He's a smart guy, fun guy. Um, and the thing that kind of just – it just kind of stinks because we didn't even really get a chance to see him, really. I mean, he – what he he played, had like six what was it six passes three passes something like that yeah, he was he was three for yeah six, three for six so um yeah fourteen yards three for six so we we barely saw Ryan Fitzpatrick as a Washington football uh, member and maybe we won't even see him for the rest of the season I don't know maybe is he are they really gonna bring him back at, towards the end of the season or middle of the season or whatever uh, if he gets healthy I don't know it depends on how the quarterback plays. Uh, from here on out, and Mike, for now, Taylor Haneke is the guy. Uh, he finished this game. He will be the starter on Thursday, and this is what a lot of Washington football fans wanted in the first place. <laughs> they like this guy. Yeah, there was exactly everyone liked him because of the uh, the carryover from the Tampa Bay Bucks game in the playoffs last year because he went out there and just. I wouldn't say he balled out. I think that he just went out there, didn't lose the game for us, and basically. You know, laid it all out in the field, I would say. I think he gave it his all, which everyone kind of looked at him as like Rudy. 
They looked at Rudy and like, you know, Rudy didn't have a huge stat line in the movie, but everyone loved his story and Taylor Heineke being a local guy from uh, Old Dominion and actually getting a chance to come in in a big playoff game going against Tom Brady on the other side. I think everyone just had that carry carryover effect because they thought, man, this guy could actually possibly be the starter. We don't know. Like we never had, you know, this type of situation because we've always had a Dwayne Haskins or a Robert Griffin the third or a Kirk Cousins. We always have these type of guys that come in that we drafted. Taylor Heineke is just this guy that they picked up off the street basically that's been in different systems before. Yeah. So you're looking at I mean he's not like you know, people think, Oh, this guy's a young guy. You know, he's like what? He's like twenty eight. Yeah. He's like twenty nine years old, something like that. So you're looking at him and saying, you know what? Is he going to be, you know, a possible fill-in option when Fitz gets back? Are we going to get somebody else? I mean, as you mentioned before, J.P. Finley tweeted that right now Cam Newton is not in the picture. Right now, that's what they're that's what they're talking about. And I think it's mainly because Kyle Allen is a Ron Rivera guy. So I think that they're like, why would I bring in Cam Newton, pay even more money, and try to get Cam Newton in this system? Even though he knows who Scott Turner is, he knows who Ron Rivera is, they, they were together for almost nine years, and you just look at it and say, I think we give Taylor Heineke a shot, at least for the Giants game. Now, if we lose that Giants game, that's going to be a really big deal. But as you mentioned, people wanted Taylor Heineke. You could hear it through the broadcast. People are cheering for Heineke, you know, saying uh, Heineke, Heineke. <laughs> you know, I thought they were saying Heineken for a second there because everyone needed a drink after Fitz went down. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, 11 for 15, 122 yards. He didn't, you know, blow the doors off the building here, but at the same time, he didn't lose the game for us. Uh, and I also, you mentioned on the live show that he had three carries for 17 yards, so he did extend some plays as well. Uh, but just overall, you're not going to get like a Justin Herbert or even a Ryan Fitzpatrick effort, in my opinion, out of Taylor Heineke. I think he's going to be more so in there as a later Alex Smith type of guy. Alex Smith, in his later in his career, you know, even though he did win some ball games for us, he kept us in the ball game. So for Taylor Heineke, I think he's going to keep us in the ball game, not really lose any games for us, maybe extend some drives with his legs. But at the same time, I don't think he's going to go out there and just, you know, like I said, blow the doors off the place and somehow throw for 380 yards and four touchdowns. I don't think he's going to do that. So hopefully uh, he can manage the game and our defense can most likely win the game if they have a better performance than they did yesterday. Yeah, you're exactly right. I think keeping this team in the game is going to be the most important job for Heineke and uh, moving forward. Not making a lot of mistakes, not uh, throwing a lot of picks, just kind of uh, keeping the hope alive every game that, hey, we're in this one. Is he going to throw for, uh, what did Herbert have, 337 yards? Probably not, um, but it'd be right. like, it would be nice if he threw over 200. That would be kind of nice. Maybe a little 220 with it. a couple teats. I don't know. We'll see. A couple teats. Um, I will, right. It's a new name yeah, every time. I, Tids or I, teats? I like, to, I like to switch it up. Uh, I will mention the uh, Washington football team did can't. sign QB Kyle Shermer to the practice squad today. Um, just add more quarterback depth. Now that you lost a quarterback, you got to throw um, some other guys in there. I know Montez is probably was, – wasn't that the name of the guy? Uh, yeah, yeah. So he's probably uh, maybe – elevated into uh the rotation now too so um so hey, when you say tease is there an ints too like for interceptions yeah or? yeah yeah that's okay a, you're, 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 you're exactly <laughs> right actually um <laughs> but yeah i think uh this is an interesting situation you mentioned cam newton who were a lot of washington yeah. football fans on twitter and other social media platforms we're bringing his name up in the mix because he is a 
uh, obviously an NFL quarterback. He's uh, um, maybe at the tail end of his career, but at the same time, he is he 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 has a track record. He was what MVP yeah. one year, wasn't he? Uh, 2015. So I with Cam Newton, obviously the one of the biggest things right off the bat you think of is he's like a polar opposite of Ryan Fitzpatrick where Fitzpatrick is kind of like a locker room glue guy and Cam Newton is known to be a bit of a diva and one thing you don't want to do with this team is necessarily bring in a guy who might cause some trouble now I'm not going to say it would happen because I don't know that he did go to the Patriots and then of course was let go but um, he was on the Patriots last season and you got to think a guy like Belichick and that organization is not going to deal with a clown for too long and he he stuck around for for all of last season so i i think uh i don't expect cam newton to be wearing a washington football team uniform this year but it's it's worth uh, a thought at least mike i mean like right are we are we really gonna ride with heineke the rest of the season if this team is gonna try to contend for the division i mean i don't know yeah, I mean, Cam Newton, when you're looking at his whole entire repertoire last year, it was really not that impressive. No. Now, obviously, COVID played a factor into that with injuries and COVID list guys and different things of that nature, um, him being in a new system. But, I mean, honestly, now that I, I've th- thought about it over the last couple hours, because once the news broke around, I believe it was like 1 o'clock or something like that, 1230, uh, that Fitz was going on the IR, then, they, then it's, the rumor started to swirl a little bit. And that's the thing is now that I've actually kind of processed that Fitz is not going to be on the field for a good, you know, half the season or so, Cam Newton wouldn't be a terrible option. Now, you look at Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke goes out there, say he starts eight games. Maybe he gets better. Maybe he gets worse. You saw Kyle Allen go out there for the Panthers a few years ago, and he went out there and, and was like 4-0 and in the first four games, and then all of a sudden he just laid, laid an right, egg right. The, re- the rest of the season. So you never know Teams about Teams start figuring him out a little bit more. I mean, exactly. Heineke only has two games on tape right now <laughs> as a starter. Yeah, seriously. Mean, it's crazy. And that's the thing is that you're looking at it and saying, okay, if Cam Newton comes in here, is it going to be a smooth transition? Is it going to be a competition? What is it going to really be? And honestly, if I think about it, that they could possibly go back to the days of D'Angelo Williams and uh, what's the other guy? Mike Tolbert? or Is that the guy's name? I forgot uh, their, their secondary running back. No, Jonathan Stewart. Right. Jonathan Stewart was, was the guy. Um, so if they go back to those Panther days with those two guys, now we don't have those type of running backs. Let's put it that way. Jarrett Patterson. Maybe he could be a Jonathan Stewart, but Jonathan Stewart was more of a bruiser. D'Angelo Williams was kind of shifty uh, and, and also in between the tackles. Um, but Antonio Gibson, Cam Newton running the option a little bit, yeah. I mean, that wouldn't be too bad. Not to mention, the only long, deep threat, I would say, for the most part, would be De'Ami Brown and maybe Cam Sims. Right. Why wouldn't you Why wouldn't you think about having Adam Humphreys, who's more of a short, intermediate type of guy, Terry McLaurin, who's really not going to burn you off the off off the dribble, basically, if you want to call it that, um, even though it's a different sport. Why don't you have Cam Newton come in there and not have to throw forty yards down the field? Yeah, maybe three or four times a game you could see that. But if they're running the option, the the whole entire defense slides in inside to protect that. Then it opens up the deep ball more, and you also got T Mac going some doing some slants, doing some in routes, whatever it may be. Some button hooks, getting some nice nice passes in there. Because Cam Newton has never been a very accurate passer with the deep ball. But you're looking at it and saying, if he runs the option, he's still got his legs underneath him. And we saw that last year with, 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 with a few nice runs, uh, highlight-type runs. But we're not going to sit there and say, you have to go out there and throw 55 touchdowns, 
I mean, that, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. We don't need you to do that. You know, we, I don't even remember the last time we actually had a guy that threw over 35 yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's be honest here. So let, let's put it this way. It's like if you have Cam Newton come in there, what, what's, what's the problem? I mean, if you put him on a veteran minimum salary, you don't think he's going to come and play for that? Especially with a guy that likes him, with Ron right. Rivera? Right, and that's the know, biggest factor, Mike. I think it's the Carolina connection. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing too is that you said uh, briefly. I think I think you said something about he, his toxic, his toxic is toxicity, <laughs> whatever. What? How do you say that word? To- toxicity. Well, I, I like the way I you know. say it. I, let's leave yeah, it. <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> but that's the biggest thing is he he might be a diva and different things of that nature. But I've heard uh, from different sources as well that he actually is not a terrible locker room guy with. Uh, I mean, obviously he has his diva stuff with his stupid hats <laughs> right, and right. Weird, media, weird outfits. Media stuff. Yeah, yeah, to the media. So I, I think that in the locker room he's kind of a likable guy for the most part. But I think to the media he's, he sounds like a D-bag a little bit uh, with some of the yeah, backhanded comments and different things like that. But if you go out there and, I mean, it's not going to cost you that much money. We have the cap space. So why don't you go out there and say, hey, I mean, you're not going to disrupt the, the locker room. Taylor Heineke just got put into the starting right. role. So if you think about it, if he goes out there and somehow lays an egg or doesn't really perform that well, what are you going to do? Move to Kyle Allen? Like you're just going to by by then you're just trying out new quarterbacks. Why don't you try out a guy that won the MVP less than six years ago? It's not a so, bad idea. I'm not saying a complete 100 yeah. percent no to it. Um, it there's I'm not saying a complete 100 percent right, yes right, right. too. As yeah, well. that's fair. I think there's a lot of things to consider, but at the end of the day, I think the point that you made where that why not kind of idea um i i can kind of agree with that it's like what do you what have you got to lose at this point um to just give a guy a shot and bring him in see how he gels and and you know if it doesn't work out it won't cost you that much and yeah exactly and and then if it doesn't work out i mean the likelihood is now not that the entire season was riding on Ryan Fitzpatrick performance, because I don't think it necessarily was. Uh, I think it's a big part of it, but I I think you know this season could kind of go the bad direction off the rails, <laughs> off the rails yeah. pretty quick already, and we've already kind of seen the first. Uh, uh, what am I thinking of? The first little uh, nail in the tire or, or, or puncture in the tire, I guess. Nail, nail in the coffin. Uh, well, not quite the nails in the coffin yet. It's too early for that. Plenty of season left. Too early, too early. But we've seen yeah. at least the first little puncture to the tire at this point. Some of that air is leaking. And we'll we'll see if this team's able to patch it and, and move on or if it's just going to – and, hey, if it does fall off the rails, it's not the worst thing ever, Mike. It's going to be a pretty deep QB draft ahead here yeah. with guys like Spencer Radler, guys like Bryce Young. You know, there's there's some quarterbacks that are going to be available, um, just saying, just saying, and possibly in yeah. the draft. And, and, and that's the thing, too, is that, you know, you don't want the season to go off the rails too fast because of the sole fact that if you look at the schedule – the schedule doesn't get that much easier. Now, New York, you know, I even said in our text last night that it, it was better than getting shellacked by Denver. Right, right, um, right. You know, their their main their main uh, difference was getting Teddy Bridgewater, and he's not like a Hall of Famer. Or anything uh, he like looked that. like one the other uh, day. I <laughs> yeah, was slinging the rock. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so when you look at it, I mean, two of the next three games are going to be against most likely teams that are under 500, in my opinion. You got New York this Thursday at home, and you got two on the road at Buffalo, who's probably pissed off because Pittsburgh just laid it yeah. on them in the second half, and then at Atlanta, who everyone th- thought was going to beat the Eagles, and the Eagles just kicked kicked them in the teeth. So when you're looking at it. I think they have to be two two and two going into the New Orleans game because New Orleans 
are they really good? Are they not? Are they not as good as they were yesterday? I mean, they. I, I think that kind of plays into the Packers and all their drama they've had all this offseason. And all of a sudden, that was kind of uh, kind of overshadowed right. that how terribly they played. But I just think that when you look at New Orleans, Kansas City, Denver, or excuse me, Green Bay and Denver, you have two of those games on the road in Green Bay and at Denver. Luckily, it's in October, so it's not going to be snowing for the most part, hopefully. Uh, but then you had a bye week, and then you got Tampa Bay. So you got like th- probably th- four, I would say, uh, out of five games right there against playoff teams. So it's not going to get any easier. So you have to come out here going two and two uh, just to actually, and I should have looked at this schedule uh, a little bit more in depth uh, before I made my prediction. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, I don't think we either of us really, we were going with the heart, you know, we were going with our heart. We're going with the heart, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right, though. I think there's this stretch here at the beginning of the season where this team can kind of stay in the mix and then it gets a little difficult. Um, but if this team goes 1-3 and three or 0-4 oh or something like that, then it's like, all right, the season's done. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Um, which yeah. gets you start – which will allow the fans to start thinking about the future and thinking about the draft and all that sort of stuff. But, hey, we're one game in, people, so we're not going to do the doom yeah. and gloom yet. But, but, but just think about it. To, just to end this topic real quick with Fitz, I think with his injury – you have an opportunity here, and I'm not saying they have to do this or I'm going to be so pissed off if they don't do this. But I'm just saying you have an opportunity here where you don't have a bona fide backup guy. Taylor Heineke isn't like a number one backup no. like like Chase Daniels was for years for the Saints and the, the Chiefs and all these kind of teams. Okay, He is a guy that – okay, he's just a guy. As they say, they call it, he's a jag. He's just a guy, okay? So when you look at it here, this is an opportunity to go out and possibly get Cam Newton, give him a, a, a try, give him a try out or anything of that nature to come in here and maybe give us a different outlook. Maybe, I mean, the thing is, time of possession, they out time of possession to us by almost 13 minutes. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing. If you have Cam Newton coming out here, maybe running the option like they did back with D'Angelo Williams uh, and Jonathan Stewart, I think it might have a nice little outlook because you can keep time of possession, keep your defense fresh, and actually have a different outlook on this season. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be on the team for the next five years, but hey, give him a one-year deal. And then all of a sudden, if you draft a quarterback, you never know what might happen. So it's an opportunity. They, like you said, put it on the table, give it a nice little outlook. Don't throw it away just yet, and give him a chance. Yeah, and for now, Rivera said no, they won't be bringing in Cam. But you kind of expect him to say that, especially going into a short week on Thursday night. Heineke, he wants to have Heineke kind of knowing that hey, you're the guy. We need you this Thursday. Like we don't want you to be distracted by rumors of bringing in other guys. Like let's right. let's focus on Thursday because even if they brought in Cam, it's not like Cam would be ready to go for Thursday night. So I, I understand Rivera saying that. Uh, whether it's true or not, you never know with these guys. Maybe they are talking about it right now. Um, who knows? But we'll, it's definitely something to keep an eye on, and it's not a not the worst idea in the world. Uh, as far as the game itself, we'll break it down here uh, a little bit. Um, Mike, first quarter, Chargers 7, Washington football team 3. Chargers scored right on their opening drive. Uh, I mean, this it was an electric offense just to hand it to them. Yeah. I mean, they literally just were uh, – Herbert was – uh, sl- slinging it, um, uh, some great runs from Eckler and things like that. I mean, the, the Chargers looked fantastic on offense. Washington football team defense did not look good, <laughs> especially early on in this game, especially with that for opening drive. It was it was a little rough to see. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing with the Chargers is that we knew that their offense was good. We just didn't know about their defense for the most part. Um, and, and, and that's just, just, just how it is. I mean, we thought that our guys came out a little slow. We talked about it in our text. They came out a little slow. 
every single – I mean, I don't even know if they faced two third downs in that entire drive. Um, but Justin Herbert, uh, I think that answered a lot of questions. That first drive answered a lot of questions. But, I mean, give him the props he deserves. But at the same time, you have to look at the, the receivers he's throwing to. I mean, he's throwing to a guy that's one of the top route runners in all of football in Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, who is basically a tree out yeah. there. He's so damn tall. Yeah. Uh, and then Jared Cook, who was one of the top pro bowlers, uh, or I should say top – players for the tight end position over the last two years. He's a two-time Pro Bowler. So you're looking at his weapons. He's got some he weapons. Does. Okay, His weapons are better than, than the WFTs. Okay, That's just how it is. But when you're looking at it, our defense came out really flat, and that first series was terrible. Yeah, Dustin Hopkins able to hit a 30-yarder to get the, some points on the board. Uh, there was a – I think it was on that drive where they got the field goal – there was a really bad no call on an obvious face mask where Antonio Gibson's yep. whole head was turned to the side completely. I mean, he was <laughs> yanked. And, you know, just a thought on that. And, look, I don't like to go back to calls and be you – know, especially calls from the first quarter. But it's worth pointing out that that drive did end when you could have possibly had the penalty on face mask and keep that drive going a little bit more, maybe try to find the end zone. Instead, it ends in a 30-yarder. Um, Gibson had a couple nice runs early in this game, though, Mike. I mean, uh, I think he had one of his longest runs of the day. 27-yarder, I think, came in that first quarter. And uh, so Gibson came out hot. Didn't necessarily stay that way at, uh, all game long, but uh, they they ended up with the, uh, with the Hopkins field goal. Um, second quarter... Uh, teams basically just traded field goals in the second quarter. Hopkins hit a 43-yarder uh, and a 48-yarder. Um, Vizcaino for uh, the Chargers hits a 33-yarder. Love that name, and by 27. The way. Yes, <laughs> always a good one. Vizcaino. And then, uh, Fitz gets hurt in that second quarter. Uh, Heineke comes in, goes two for four, 19 yards, gets a 12-yard completion. Um, but the half ends with that 13-9 score. Some first-half stats, uh, just the only notable ones, Mike, Chargers, 232 yards on offense. Washington football team, 83. Eh, not ideal, yeah. right? <laughs> Just a little bit, right? Just a little bit of a not difference. Not the best. Not the best. Um, Chargers ran 43 plays. Washington football team ran 21. 16 first downs for the Chargers. Washington football team had six. Uh, Gibson, seven carries for 40 yards in the first half. And no catches from scary Terry McLaurin in that first half. Um I think we had talked about this on the live post game show. He might have been targeted one or two times, but definitely no catches in that first half. Uh, third right. quarter, Washington football team ends up getting the lead. They lead 16 13 uh, in the third. You got Heineke hitting Logan Thomas for 11 yard pass for a touchdown after an eight play, 81 yard drive. Clearly, the drive of the day, obviously. It was the only time <laughs> this team scored a touchdown. But in that drive, you started seeing Terry McLaurin. Involved in the offense, Mike, you had the nine-yard pass, two-yard pass, the 34-yard pass that was the highlight reel pass. I mean, if Heineke's going to be the guy moving forward, you got to think he and, and Terry McLaurin are going to need to have that sort of connection. And that's the biggest thing about Taylor Heineke is he's kind of like a Ryan Fitzpatrick-esque quarterback where he'll air it out. He doesn't have this fear of, oh, I'm going to go out there and get a pick. Now, I'm not saying he has the arm that's going to be like a Justin Herbert or a Josh Allen who's going to throw it 68 yards down the field on a dime, but if he can go out there and throw these 15, 20-yard passes and let the guys run, that's a different story. I mean, we don't need this home run ball from him, and that's the thing is if you can churn down the field and just keep on moving, moving the chains is all you need on offense because, again, like I mentioned, if you have the other offense off the field, most likely 
I mean, the percentage is on your side. That that team is not going to score. Okay, <laughs> you might get a defensive touchdown right, every now and right, then, right. but at the same the time, that team's not going to score. Yeah. So, so look at the time of possession. Go down there, throw those 20 yarders or 15 yarders or whatever it may be. Have your playmakers run, and that's all you need to do. You're not going to be, like I said, a Justin Herbert or a Josh Allen or whoever it may be that goes out there and throws uh, 65 yards down the field and it's a huge chunk play like a Pat Mahomes or something like that. So that's all we need because at the same time, I think this coming up upcoming draft, we're going to be looking for a lot of offensive weapons. So right now, just deal with what with what you have and just keep on trucking. You had Montez Sweat uh, sacking Herbert, where Herbert fumbles into the back of the end zone uh, for a touchback, which was a really weird play. Right. Um, watching the replays, it, everything looked like an incomplete pass, um, but it ended up going for a fumble, and not only that, but it fumbled out of the end zone which ended up being a touchback, which was kind of a, a wild wild thing to watch on TV. But, hey, you get sweat involved in getting a sack. That's always nice because, again, we were hoping kind of set, uh, sweat and uh, Chase Young combined for a lot of uh, sacks this year. Chase Young, unfortunately, not super involved in this game. Like, he, he didn't really make – I wouldn't put him as an impact player uh, yesterday. Yeah, I think that Chase Young's performance yesterday was kind of lackluster. I mean, he did have a really nice pass deflection uh, when he got in the backfield. But honestly, I just think that some of these guys with the two-week layoff and especially not playing, I guess you could say three-week layoff, not playing in that last preseason game is really kind of making them a little rusty. And I think that now when they come out on Thursday, especially because we even saw it, they might not be that conditioned or something of that nature because we did see some of these backups out there on the first series of the game, which just didn't really make sense to me, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And obviously I'm being like the, the couch coach over here, uh, but at the same time it's like you, you shouldn't have one of your seventh defensive linemen out there in the red zone. I mean, we were one of the best red zone teams. Was that Smith-Williams? You know, it, Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and he was the one who basically on a third and ten had that offsides and gave them a third and, and five. And it was a which bad offsides. I rewatched the game oh, this yeah. morning, Mike, and yeah, I, I specifically remember that play. And that was that was bad. Yeah. It was bad. Well, that's the thing. I was and I kept looking at the TV like. Who, who is who, who, who is, is who guy? is this guy? Yeah. Like I didn't know who he was, and that's the funny thing. It's like I said, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way because it's the opening series. You have Tim Settle and Matt Ioannidis. I don't think any, for any reason why those guys would be out because I didn't see anybody on the injury list. So you have six defensive linemen with those two guys in our front four with Deron Payne, John Allen, Chase Young, and Montez Sweat. Why do you have the seventh defensive lineman out there in the red right. zone? And he gets a crucial penalty, and then all of a sudden they have a third and five instead of a third it's gotta and It's got to be a conditioning a lot thing. easier. It's got to be some sort of conditioning has thing to be early something. on in the game. Uh, and then we headed to the fourth quarter. Well, Hopkins misses a 51-yarder, which a lot of people jumped on that miss. But, again, the guy got three other field goals in the game. 51-yarder, yeah. and then I saw arguments on Twitter like, you're paid to make field goals and stuff like that. You need to make sure to hit them in tough situations. But it's like, uh, Dustin Hopkins isn't why this team lost this game. Like, uh, right. yeah, okay, if he makes that one, okay, they lose the game 20-19. I mean, what, it, yeah, you know, it's it's not like it was his fault. Now, it is something to keep an eye on because the guy hasn't been great of late, so it's it's notable, but three for four, not the end of the world. He hit a 48-yarder, he misses a 51-yarder, so, so be it. Uh, Antonio Gibson, huge fumble, Mike, recovered by the Chargers at the Washington three-yard line, Immediately they follow up hitting a Mike Williams for a three-yard touchdown pass. That's one of those fumbles that's just a backbreaker. When all the momentum is heading your way, you've got the lead at the time, 
you fumble deep in your own territory. And you could almost kind of say, all right, I think this 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 one might not go our way when Antonio Gibson fumbles at the three-yard line. It, it, it was ugly. It was ugly. Well, this whole entire game was basically, uh, if you want to sum it up this way, a Jim Valvano survive and advance type game. Yeah. Because we just were not playing that well, and the Chargers were throwing all over us. I mean, when you look at the stats, the third down stat is horrible. Right. 14 of oh, 19. so bad. 14 first downs on third down. That's terrible. That's like a, a guy at, having great two-strike numbers at the plate in baseball where it's like, right. he, you know, it's just something that you just don't expect third down numbers to be that great, especially with a team that's supposed to be a great defense in the Washington football team. Right, that's like I don't I don't know the exact math right off the top of my head. That's around seventy five percent. when you're looking at it here, I mean that's all. That's a lot of, of first down. But where was the pressure? I mean, Herbert had all day to throw, Mike. Exactly, I, they, it's they, crazy. I mean, going with the defensive line, like I said in the, the the live show, they they actually did their job with the run game, the pass game, which was right. which was we thought was going to be the easiest part. Because obviously, yes, you have Ionitis and Tim Settle and then Deron Payne and John Allen for the run game in the trenches. But then on the outsides, Montez Sweat and Chase Young, like you mentioned, kind of didn't do too much. They did a little bit here and there, but it didn't do anything. I mean, at certain times, you saw Herbert have four, five, six seconds. I mean, a six seconds is a very long a time. time. I mean, I saw a stat last night uh, with Matt Stafford. He's He had the snap to pass was under two seconds. <laughs> so, obviously, when you have a Tom Brady or someone out there that masters that type of uh, snap to pass type uh, play, that's that takes your defensive ends out of the game. But Herbert was holding the ball for more than three or four seconds. So, you have to get more pressure than that. And that's just the problem uh, with our, our ends uh, for that game. But when you're looking at it, we had, like you said, the momentum most of the third quarter, and then all of a sudden William Jackson gets his first pick the very next play. That's that's right. when Antonio gives him fumbles. And then we, of course, within – I think we were on the four-yard line, or the Chargers were on the four-yard line. One, our defense last year was in the top three or four of red zone defenses with efficiency. And this, and we even showed it in certain uh, packages – for uh, the def- the defense yesterday, that our red zone was pretty damn good. But now you're looking at it. We held him for two plays, and then Jack Del Rio, my best friend of yesterday, <laughs> ends up putting our third corner, uh, Benjamin St. Juiced, uh, who just got drafted in the third round out of, out of Arizona State. He goes out there and is covering Mike Williams, Rough. who was picked Rough. in the, who was picked number six overall, like back in uh, I don't know, it was like a few years ago, whatever it was. And then our buddy Dan. God bless him. He is completely wrong in the situation. <laughs> you do not put a third round, third round rookie uh, just goes because size on size. Put Cam Sims out there. If you're gonna do size on right. size. Cam Sims is, is is an oak tree out there too. So just look at it. You you have to go put one of your lockdown corners because you can uh, argue about size and stuff like that. But that was a back shoulder throw, which a coverage guy could possibly knock down. That wasn't a jump ball. And when you have that, you can't put him. Benjamin St. Juice, no matter how well he's playing that day, out, out there on Mike Williams. And it's Williams. such a crucial part I, of the game, too. We're talking fourth exactly. quarter. Third down. Yeah, huge, huge, huge uh, touchdown there to Mike Williams. And then uh, Washington football team gets the ball back. They drive all the way to the Chargers 38 and then pick up a 15-yard penalty on Humphreys for clipping. Uh, and they end up, uh, they yeah, they move backwards. They're back on their side of the field. Some plays don't go their way. They end up having to punt with about 6.52 left. And amazingly, 
that ended up being the game because then Herbert converts on a third and 16, a third and three, a third and seven, and a third and four, and that was the game. Unbelievable third, third down. Third and 16 just pissed yeah, me Yeah, that off, was the man. worst one. That was the worst one for sure. Um, so the final 20 to 16, and uh, now we you, – you know, you look ahead. You look ahead to the, to a very short week here um, and having to face the Giants as we move into the NFC East roundup. We'll start with them, Mike. 27-13, Broncos beat the Giants. Daniel Jones, 22 for 37 for 267 and a touchdown. He also ran the ball for 27 yards and a touchdown. He also fumbled the ball in the red zone, which was not good. Uh, Saquon Barkley, 10 carries for 26 yards. We kind of knew he was going to have a light load. Um, you got to think he's going to have a pretty light load this week, too, uh, especially on short rest. Sterling Shepard, seven catches for 113 and a touchdown. He had a great game. Darius Slayton, three catches, 65 yards. Kenny Galladay, my guy, four catches for 64 yards. But we talked about it earlier. I mean, the Broncos just were slinging the rock left and right. Um, The Broncos are definitely not the Broncos of the past couple years where they've been absolutely terrible. They're better now. Are they, you know, the top part of the league? No, of course not. Um, But the Giants, I thought this was a winnable game for the Giants going into that game, and they got smoked by two touchdowns. Does this... Make you more confident heading into Thursday? I mean, the Washington football team lost too, but seeing the Giants lose to the Broncos, does that kind of uh, intrigue you a little bit? I think when you're looking at the Giants, I think they're overrated now. Our, our, our great friend, <laughs> What did he Paul say, Dettino, like 12 wins or something? He, 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 he said that they were going to win the NFC East. Yeah. I don't think no. so because I, I just think Daniel, Daniel Jones is a fraud. I mean, <laughs> he went out there and threw for 267 yards and one touchdown against the Broncos. Now, the Broncos have – uh, some pretty decent uh, defensive ends, and you know, I mean, they. Ha- but Bradley Chubb, I don't even think played in that right. game, by the way. So when you're looking at it, I just think that 13 points is nothing, especially when you go out and get Kenny Galladay. Yes, Evan Ingram wasn't playing uh, their star tight end, but Kenny Galladay was supposed to be a huge upgrade for this team. A huge upgrade. Yes, Saquon Barkley coming off the injury or whatever, but they thought he was ready enough to play. And he still got only 2.6 yards of carry. I mean, that offense, I think, is so overrated. Not to mention, he threw 37 times and missed 15 of them. So he was almost – I don't even know what the yeah, percentage is right great. there. I don't have my, my TIE yeah, right, right, calculator right, right here. Uh, but one touchdown, six rushes for 27 yards and a touchdown. Sweet. That's, that's, that's fine and dandy, but – I mean, Jesus Louise. If Kenny Galladay is, is getting double teamed or whatever it may be out there, Sterling Shepard, I already know Sterling Shepard's a pretty solid number two receiver, but you're looking at it and just saying, I think this team, this Giants team, is a lot easier for the offensive side of the ball because, number one, you don't have Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is 10 times better than Daniel Jones, in my opinion. And then you're also looking at uh, the, the wide receiving core. Keenan Allen is better than anybody on that receiver uh, list for the Giants. And Mike Williams is possibly, I would say, close to Kenny Galladay, who I think is their best receiver. But you're looking at it, Mike Williams and Kenny Galladay are probably somewhat even. Kenny Galladay has had some injury issues in the past and stuff like that. You would attest to that more if he's been on the Lions. But at the same time, you're looking at it, and Saquon Barkley, he's definitely not going to be full strength. Let's put it that way. Not on short week, too. 2.6 2.6 yards? Yeah. That's ridiculous. And then you look at, uh, uh, what's his name, Evan Ingram, like I mentioned earlier, who knows if he's going to play. So this is a, I would say, a must win. Now, it's if they lose it, it's not a panic button type must win. I'm saying it's a must win because, as you mentioned, it is an NFC East game, which those matter the most right right now. 
And then you're also looking at uh, the Cowboys. You know, they looked pretty solid on offense. That's going to be a tough game as well, especially for our secondary because our secondary needs to improve uh, if we're playing the Cowboys. We're Dak's going to throw 70 times a game. Yeah, apparently, apparently uh, uh, Zeke Elliott <laughs> is just not a weapon anymore because nope. 11 carries, 33 yards. Uh, uh, fantasy owners were furious, uh, anyone who had Zeke, and rightfully so. And the Cowboys, yeah, I mean, Zach slinging it, uh, Dak slinging it for almost 60 times, Mike. That's crazy. I was happy because yeah. I have him for fantasy, so I'll take <laughs> 403 yards and three touchdowns. But, uh, yeah. yeah, kind of a wild game on Thursday night for sure. Uh, and then the Eagles-Falcons game we, we mentioned earlier, 32-6. Eagles get the win. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 27 for 35, 264, three touchdowns. Really, really good game yeah. for Jalen Hurts. Um, Devonta yeah. Smith. It's a Falcons, though. Let's be it honest is, here. It the is, Falcons, which Falcons is why you can't necessarily t- take it all super seriously. But the Eagles are the top of the division right now, Mike. They're, top they're of the undefeated. East. Top of the by the East. way, the current spread, uh, according to DraftKings right now, is Washington football team favored by four and a half. Uh, oh, it went up uh, went up a yeah, half. Oh, okay, yeah. they went up a Because the opening spread was three, according to them, and now it's four and a half, which is surprising oh, wow. because I assume the spread has changed since they found out the diagnosis on Fitzpatrick. So it's interesting that... Er- earlier it was four. That's oh, why gotcha, I said gotcha. they added a half. Yeah, yeah earlier it was the The point four. total right now, 43 uh, for your over-under fans out there. I'm not, I'm not, no, not usually know. a big over-under guy. Um, I... I yeah, because I, I guess yeah, exactly. I'm more of a more of a spread guy, but um, so we'll see. Four and a half. Uh, I I like that bet. I like that bet. If you're watching a football team, but then again, do I like that bet? I don't know. I, I'll have to I think about know. it a little bit more. <laughs> uh, give me a day or two to figure that out. Right. Uh, in college football, just wanted to point out some of the games here. Virginia Tech continues. Uh, their undefeated season right now, two and zero, as they beat Middle Tennessee. This was one of those weird. Week twos in football where week one was so great and they had a lot of really um, uh, really tough opponents and things like that going in, in week one. And now week two, they had a lot of cupcakes. I mean, you had uh, you know uh, Alabama playing UAB. <laughs> you had somebody right. put up 70. Was it Georgia? Somebody – or maybe Georgia played UAB. I don't know. Uh, somebody put up 70 points in week two, one of the top five teams. It's just crazy. But then you did have some other games that were interesting. You had the Ohio State-Oregon game. Uh, Oregon yeah. gets the win there. Um, but we'll talk about more of that actually in the final lap. Uh, UVA beats Illinois 42-14. Illinois sucks, Mike. I just want to point that out. Uh, Illinois is is I know they beat Nebraska. I think in the week zero, they still beat Nebraska. Yeah, that, that tells you it really <laughs> sucks. Um, so UVA and Virginia Tech both two and zero to start the season, I believe. And then Maryland just yep. destroys Howard, sixty two nothing. I mean, I don't. I would hate to be a Howard Bison. Howard, are they the Bison? <laughs> I think they are the Bison. Yeah, I would hate to be a Howard Bison. That's for sure. That's Tua, Tua's brother. Right. Ta- yeah. Tale, no, I, Tale I like watching uh, Maryland play. Actually, <laughs> I was watching them in Week One, um, and I'll probably keep an eye on them throughout because yeah, he's he's balling out. I think Tua Valoga or whatever. I can't pronounce his last name. Tua Valoga Tagovailoa. Viola. That's what it is. I don't think on the schedule this week. You got the Nats three games against Miami at home and three games against the Rockies at home. Can't imagine attendance numbers are going to be too high for those two matchups because Miami's uh, actually one spot ahead of uh, the Nats in the division. And the Rockies obviously stink as well. Washington football team, of course, Thursday in D.C. 
8.20 p.m. Thursday night football on NFL Network against the Giants, as we mentioned. Uh, And then Friday, Maryland at Illinois, 9 p.m. on FS1. Saturday, number 15, Virginia Tech at West Virginia at noon on FS1. That's going to be a good one. I mean, I think Tech is the better team, but you're on the road. You're in West Virginia. You never know what's going to happen there. And then UVA at number 21 UNC at 730. Another kind of interesting game just because you had Tech beat UNC uh, in week one, and uh, now UVA has a chance. So some some good local college games this weekend, Mike. I'll be betting on UNC in that one. That's probably the smart play. Sam Howell. <laughs> ride with Howell for sure. Uh, it's the final lap. Our chance to give 90 seconds of quick analysis on big stories in sports. Here we go. Lindor hits three bombs against the Yankees on Sunday as the Mets win the Subway Series. Also, the bench is cleared, Mike. Lindor finally getting that contract, what he's worth, because three bombs is pretty damn good against the Yankees. Not too shabby. Matthew Stafford throws for three tids in his Rams debut. It hurt me, Mike. It hurt me to watch, but I was happy for the guy. Three tids. Three tids (laughs) for the Stafford That one on the bootleg. Dude, I love me some Matt Stafford. The guy can sling it. Ohio State loses to Oregon. Texas loses to Arkansas. Texas losing to Arkansas. I was at the bar watching that. That was embarrassing. Arkansas that was embarrassing. has a dog at quarterback. The guy is running over everybody. <laughs> it's crazy. Jacksonville State, Deion Sanders, primetime, stuns FSU with a touchdown on the final play. Talking about frauds, Florida State. A little bit of a Wait, fraud. Wait, they lost? <laughs> I didn't see they that. They lost on the final play to Jacksonville State. Oh, Lord. Deion Jesus, Sanders is Jacksonville the coach State. there. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, my gosh. FSU is terrible nowadays. Why? Right. I don't get I it. I don't know. Uh, Max Scherzer joins the 3,000 strikeout club. Congrats, bud. Congrats, bud. <laughs> James Winston throws five touchdowns and embarrasses the Packers. Five. Uh, w- What's more embarrassing, that he threw five touchdowns or that he didn't throw five interceptions against the Packers, who are favored by three and a half? Crazy. I mean, it's just... where do, where do they play, by the way? Uh, what do you mean? It was it was in New Orleans, but it was at like some oh outdoor right stadium. because of the yeah no 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 because of the 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 hurricanes and stuff like that. I they they said it on the broadcast. I I, I don't remember, but yeah, you're right. They had to go yeah. play it. It's got to be like a college stadium, I, I would think, but I don't know yeah, where. But yeah, be. that's. Uh, it sucks. It sucks to not, not be able to play in your in your own stadium. But um, right. but still, Aaron Rodgers, people are theorizing, is he trying to destroy the Packers from the inside? I mean, because clearly is there's some trouble there. Bryce Love got put a, late in that game. Uh, Jordan, Jordan Love. Love. Sorry, I was thinking of the other. But the, isn't there Bryce Love, yeah. too? Uh, yeah, he, he played for the for the WFT for like a season. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Not, not him, but uh, Jordan Love, uh, the quarterback of the future there in Utah Green State, Bay. right? Was it Utah yeah, State? Yeah, I think so. I think so. That sounds right. Something, something out there west. So, yeah, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that makes me happy as a Detroit Lions fan because that, that's who they play next is uh, Aaron Rodgers. So <laughs> maybe he'll still be bad. Uh, do we have a trivia question this week, Mike? We do. We do. Um, this might be an easy one. Not exactly sure. Um, this card actually had a few nice ones on it. Uh, we already went through two of them. So here's the third one. In January, hold on a second. That's not the right one. Uh, <laughs> here it is. Art Monk became the NFL's all-time leading receiver in 1992, only to be passed three years later by what Hall of Famer? Art Monk 
of the formerly known as the Washington Redskins became the NFL's all-time leading receiver in 1992, only to be passed three years later by what Hall of Famer? So think about it. So that was a long time ago. That was, what, about 20? No, that was about 30 years ago. Uh-huh. So if you think about it, there's a lot of players that have uh, been on that list. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, there is. There's a lot. Um, my question, my question. Because I, I had a couple names come to mind. Um, okay. Did this guy play for the Minnesota Vikings? No, it's not that guy. Well, there's two that I was thinking of. Um, okay, well, but no, it's not. Oh. It's not them. Okay, I was. Oh, there's two. Well, I know. I know the, I know the two. Yeah, you're talking yeah, yeah. About. So it's okay. So, huh, so it's neither. But which one was I talking about? That's well, we thing. already know that it's not them. So, well, one was Randy Moss, obviously, but and then the other, Chris Carter. Chris Carter. Yeah, exactly. Um. Okay, so Whoa, uh, this is not uh, this is not good. <laughs> the question did not help me out. Okay, I'm just gonna <laughs> start thinking of big wide receivers. You know, uh, guys with a lot of numbers. I mean, is it like Jerry Rice? <laughs> you asking me? Or I what guess is I'm it? asking you. I don't know. Is it? It is Jerry oh, Rice. Wow. <laughs> he's the, he's all of Famer, all time I mean, lead yeah, receiver, okay. man. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't follow the Hall of Fame stats. You know. I, me either. Uh, wow. It's crazy how many times I've done that at this point where I just pull it at the last second and just throw it out yep. there and am able to get it right. And uh, everyone at nice. home. Solid. Uh, keep in mind this. I know those listening to the show are like, that's such an obvious question. Just keep in mind. Football is one, as, as, as intelligent as I'm able to talk about football on the podcast, I just want you to know. Right. Like the history of football, stuff like that. I wasn't really an avid watcher back in the day, I was more of a basketball, hockey Ben's guy. Ben's all about Detroit, Detroit Pistons. Right, right. Yeah, you're talking 1990s, like Detroit basketball. I'll talk your ear off. But uh, Jerry <laughs> Rice, hey, I got it right. I got it right. Uh, you did get For the right. money line, uh, we are starting a new round. So Mike won the round one of the money line challenge there. <laughs> Under 500. Yeah, 21 and 23 for Mike. 19 and 25 for your boy. Uh, did not go so well. But you know what? It's a new round. Round two. What's our benchmark there? What's our benchmark now? We got to have a benchmark now. That the last one was kind of just filler, right? Because we didn't have a lot of sports going on, and we were betting on you know cricket, <laughs> right, rugby. right, right, right. Uh, so, so now that we had the football, so one idea going could on, be we we go till Thanksgiving, where we uh, and okay. see. I mean, that's that's initially what I'm thinking of is we can use Thanksgiving okay. as the benchmark from. Uh, for round two, is that, is that like midway? Is that like midway through the season or something? Because then we could also yeah, like extend it towards oh, the that's Super Bowl. And that's stuff true. Like that. Yeah. Well, maybe. Uh, so we could go the full NFL season. That could be one because we do. That's gonna be a long time. That's yeah. Like, so like do you want to do? We'll, we'll, we'll say Thanksgiving <laughs> for now. We'll talk. We'll, like Sixteen episodes. Right, right, right. We'll talk about it more. But I would say Thanksgiving could be a nice little benchmark. Okay. Uh, a little benchmark. So for this, who are the Lions playing? By the way, uh, I believe it's the. Is it the Bears again? I, I probably it's probably it's always the bears uh it's always like vikings or bears um th- hopefully not the pack so sweet uh right <laughs> so for this round of picks of the week we're gonna go with locks and dogs this time uh and we're gonna use the the lines we're gonna use the spreads and things like that so um i have two college football picks this week for my locks and my dogs for my lock i'm going i said it earlier i like the tua level of uh maryland <laughs> Minus seven and a half first Illinois. I, I think they can get this one. Uh, I mean, they just beat up on Howard at <laughs> 62 points. I like this <laughs> offense. Right. And then Michigan State, plus six versus Miami. I really like that one. 
Because Michigan State, yeah, too. while they haven't been playing great, now Northwestern was a good opponent, uh, and they beat them on the road, and I liked that. Well, this week was Youngstown State. It was. It's like, all right, you're obviously going to roll over them. Uh, I'm just going to say, back to back weeks, Michigan State scored on the very first play of the game. Um, right. And I like this offense right now. Peyton Thorpe is is balling a little bit. Um, you know, so I'm going Michigan State plus six on the road. At Miami. Well, who you got, Mike, for your picks here? By the way, we're sponsored Let's by go. DraftKings for this. Sponsored by DraftKings. Just going along. Uh, these are also DraftKings uh, yes. lines, by the way. Uh, and Illinois, uh, by the way, Illinois, is, like you said, they, they're just terrible. Right. I mean, I, I think I might bet, you know, my salary on that right, game. Right, right. Uh, that's, that's just ridiculous. Maryland getting getting that at home, at home I believe, yeah, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's, it's ridiculous. So, uh, And that's actually a Friday game, too, so that will right. be fun to watch. Um, Michigan State, yeah, Miami, Derek King, I think he's terrible. They had this whole entire thing about him before the Alabama game, and they just got shellacked, uh, so that's terrible as well. My lock for this week is the Pittsburgh Steelers minus six over Oakland. Steelers are hot. Obviously, I'm taking a little leap uh, here because Oakland has not played yet since we recorded this. Obviously, we're recording before the Monday Night Football game, uh, so we don't know how Oakland's going to look. Plus, Oakland's going to go against – kind of de- of a depleted uh, Ravens team. So we don't really know how they're going to look. But I think the Steelers, I mean, they're, they're going to look solid. Heinz Field opener. They just beat the Bills. Right. I mean, Deontay Johnson's my favorite receiver on that team. I think that guy's just money. Uh, and minus six, I think they can easily cover that uh, if they play like they should. Um, and uh, also, my girlfriend's a huge Pittsburgh fan. There so you go. She'll be happy. In her, in her good grace. Well, she was she was texting me about the game this week, and she was like, so what's your – she was like, the Steelers look like trash, and all of a sudden they started playing well. Yeah. And uh, I didn't hear from her. Right, right. She was too, too busy cheering, and I was too busy jeering. <laughs> um, so my dog would be the Bengals plus three at Chicago. I think Andy Dalton is going to start again. Andy Dalton, he's – I mean, he's going back uh, – we're not going back to Cincinnati, but he's playing against his Bengals team. So I think that he might have some extra motivation, but at the same time, Time. Joe Burrow they uh, and Jamar good. Chase just went they off. They looked good, man. Not to mention with Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon looked And the Bears solid looked too. pretty bad. I watched this, uh, the Sunday night game, at least through the first half, and it was like any play that wasn't a Montgomery run looked terrible. Right. I mean, yeah. I know they were trying to kind of uh, mix it up. You throw fields in there and, and like, you know, try to do run some option stuff, and it just – I don't know. I, I think uh, – I think that Chicago team is is bad. <laughs> I think they're going to have a rough I, Yeah, serious. I, I just think it's inevitable that Justin Fields comes in within the first six weeks. Yeah. But at the same time, I just think that the, the Bengals with Joe Burrow, I think three is a little bit big of a number. I think maybe two would have been a solid number. Yeah. But three, I mean, you lose by three, it's a push. I mean, I just think I – mean, but on our show, it's going to be a loss. Um, but at the same time, I just don't think that Chicago team, especially – I mean, their defense is good, but I just don't think their offense no, is I good like enough the Bengals pick. Uh, to keep up. And the Bengals are one of those yeah. teams, I think, like, you can get behind that team just because it's so yeah. fun, I think, uh, with yeah. Burrow and Chase All these and young some guys. of those weapons. I mean, like – T. Higgins. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a team where it's like, hey, on Sundays – Bengals are on. I'm I'm actually interested now, which hasn't been the case. And for they a just long beat time. the Vikes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously, they just beat the. Yeah, it hasn't been a case for for since when? Like 2014. Right, it's been a long like time. Something like that when they had Vontez Perfect, like uh, yeah, killing people right. Out, right. out there on right. the field, right. like cl- clotheslining people and yeah. stuff. I mean, that's the biggest thing is you're just looking at it. Uh, and I think that, like you said, that's gonna be a fun team to watch this entire. So season. that's uh, those are our money line picks sponsored by DraftKings. You can go right now 
and place your bets on, on the DraftKings app. You heard the promo at the start of the show as well, um, and we appreciate them. Uh, we also, of course, appreciate The Contender, where you may be hearing this show live. You can also be catch, catching our post-game shows throughout the season on The Contender and The Contender app. Go ahead and download that app. It's free. You just go on there. You can immediately listen to all the content on the D.C. sports side of things as well as Chicago. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at the DC Crossover and at Cerrone16 for Mike. And uh, besides that, people, I mean... It's just so great to have the NFL back. <laughs> I'll say it. It was uh, it was a lot of watched a lot of football this weekend, Mike. I was college football oh, yeah. all Saturday. Obviously, yesterday I had the red zone going with the Washington football team on the iPad and kind of bouncing around and stuff. And I rewatched the game this morning because you know it's so tough sometimes with red zone going and all this sort of games. It sometimes it's tough to get a full feel for a game if you're not watching right. every single second of it. Uh, but that's a nice thing. I've got the the rewind on NFL. I pay for that where I can go back and watch any game um, in in full, which is kind of nice. But um, it's usually just rewatching Lions losses. That's, that's usually what I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as they lost to San Francisco the other day, Ooh. but uh, what, was, what was that? What was that? What was that seventy-four points or something like that scored yeah, in that game? It was crazy. It was it Jeez was more of a Louise. shootout than I thought it was going to be. But uh, right. Oh well. Oh well. It's all right. We're not. This oh, isn't well. the DC or this isn't the Detroit crossover. This is uh, this is the DC crossover. <laughs> the Motor City crossover. <laughs> right, hey, not a bad <laughs> side podcast. MCC. Um, but yes, we will be back uh, this weekend and and recording and giving you our uh, thoughts. Obviously, the the Washington football team plays on Thursday, so we'll have plenty of time to digest that game in for our weekend podcast. Um, but uh, besides that, people, um, hope your bets go in your favor if you are betting, <laughs> and uh, we will see you guys next week. This has been another episode of the DC Cross.